The Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, Episode 19, entitled The Critical Steps to Start Your Personal Brand, with special guest Mike Kim. Welcome to the Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, the show that helps you build a life-giving personal brand and business. I believe the chaos and confusion around branding, marketing, and business strategy leads to burnt-out leaders, underperforming businesses, and life-draining brands. The best way forward is to connect your branding, marketing, and business strategy together so you can become a better leader, build a stronger business, and bless the customers you serve. Welcome to today's episode of the Brand Ed Podcast. I'm excited you're here with me today because today we're going to have our first guest interview on the Brand Ed Podcast. So this is a big episode and I knew even when I started this podcast, I knew who the first interview was going to be. It was going to be my good friend, Mike Kim. Now, if you don't know Mike, you're going to love the insight you gain from him today. I've had the privilege of being in his mastermind for uh, a couple of years. We talk a little bit about that in today's interview, and I've been fortunate enough to work with him on several projects, and uh, he's just a great friend. He's a great marketer, great thinker, great at strategy, and really does a great job of helping folks like me and like you get from where they are to where they want to go. So I'm excited for you to meet Mike if you don't already know him. And you're going to hear as we talk today, some of the critical steps of what it takes to start a personal brand. Mike's going to share his own story about how he started his personal brand and then how he has really used that to help others start their personal brand. And then at the end, I'll share some ways that you can, you know, get connected with Mike. So let's jump into this episode. When we did this, just so you know, I re- I am recording. So we did this on Zoom. I'm recording from inside my closet because that's the place that sounds the best. So in the show notes, we were joking about that as we started right before the, the official interview, how funny it was that he was like, dude, are you in your closet? Yes, I'm in my closet. This is what it takes, right? This is the reality behind the scenes of what it takes to have a personal brand and business and podcast. So I'll throw a link to a few of those pictures in the show notes because it is hysterical. So you'll have a great time. Let's jump in with Mike. Welcome, Mike Kim, to the Brand Ed Podcast, broadcasting live from the closet. I'm here in the closet. (laughs) And uh, this is what it takes. We were just talking about this is what it takes to, to get good sound and to make it sound good on the other end. You look like a fool on your end, and that's okay. Excited to have you on because... This podcast wouldn't exist with, uh, in large part without your help and saying, hey, you can do this. So for our listening audience, I met Mike probably technically through your podcast, mm. uh, whatever that was, like three-ish years ago, then jumped into a mastermind, which I've mentioned to you, but for me, was just a ginormous step. I am... Mm. Uh, that is very unlike me. 
I tend to be very tight with my money. So this was the most I'd ever even thought about spending on my own business. And I thought I was just, my, my goal was just to kind of check it out, but it yeah. moved pretty quick. It, like the ask came pretty quick. You're like, all right, so I think this could be a good fit. Do you want to do it? You know? And I'm like, oh man, I was just kind of sniffing around a little bit. I, <laughs> And, um, and then what was that? Two years ago, two and a half years ago, something crazy. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. More than two years ago. Probably. Um, and here we are. So it was fitting to have you first on. Thank you. I am honored. Uh, I'm honored. And I, uh, I thank you for the kind words, but the reality is you probably would have done this anyway. Well, I don't know. Um, well, we'll see. Well, who knows? I just, I just, I really feel like, I really feel like the people who are going to take some big leaps are probably going to do it anyway. You just happen yeah. to be the person that you, you just happen to be the coach who comes along at the right time that helps them yeah. kind of push them over the edge. Right. So right. that's, that's honestly how I feel about, about it. So I'm not really super attached to anyone's success. Right. Um, I'm not super attached to anyone's, you know, anyone not doing it because hey, they may just, well, they may be just <laughs> checking things out. Like you said. Sure. Yeah. So I try to keep a very loose, you know, yeah. grip on that stuff. And um, you do yeah. a quite a bit of this. This is a large part of your business is masterminds, everything from masterminds all the way out to your personal branding, like boot camp mm-hmm. things that you've done. So in case our audience doesn't know Mike Kim, tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So these days I'm primarily an online educator mm-hmm. of marketing for the personal brand space. And what I mean by that is folks who are the business, uh, they're thought leaders or coaches, speakers, consultants, or content creators. And a lot of the time these folks have ideas, they have a message, but they're not really sure how to market it. So I help them market themselves mm-hmm. and their ideas. Um, and I do some speaking these days, workshops, uh, conferences. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. In years past, I did a lot of done for you services as a marketing consultant. Sometimes yeah. I'd get hired to you know, help a company or a business strategize. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times I'd be hired to write marketing mm-hmm. campaigns um, that, as a copywriter. Mm-hmm. I just write their content, not trademark their content. That's a different copywriting. Right. Uh, and so, yeah. So over the years, um, I've kind of moved from uh, clients and projects to creating courses and, and products. But I still love coaching. I still love working with people directly. I love the masterminds. To be honest, that's where I get the best ideas. I don't get the best ideas when I'm sitting at my desk trying to think some something up. Hmm. I get the best ideas when I'm working with people and helping solve real world problems. And so, uh, yeah. And I get the best ideas for your business as you're helping helping other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 1000%. So I just really enjoy that. And, and of course the relationships and the friendships that you can form, there's nothing like it. You know, you got to stay close to the fire of people who are growing Mm -hmm. and there's just nothing like that. So, Hmm. And you started this journey roughly how long ago? Yeah, so I started in 2013, part like as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. I launched a blog. In 2014, I launched my podcast. 
many people don't realize this, but when I launched my podcast, I was still working my full-time marketing job. Mm. And if you follow the podcast from early on, you Which can is what hear I did. me. Yeah. You can hear me make that transition. Mm -hmm. And about probably a year and a half after I started the podcast is when I went full-time into my own business. And so now I've been at this full-time thing for about five years. Yep. And it's so, grown every single year. Yeah. Which, which makes you like, uh, it's kind of like dog years. It makes you pretty old in this space, oddly enough. Yeah. Yeah. Five <laughs> years is a long time in this yeah. space. Yeah. So you've is. seen some, uh, some, you know, some interesting stuff as you, um, started, started from then to today. I have, I've seen a lot of people come and go. Mm. Uh, I've seen a lot of people just sort of plateau. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people, uh, kind of have a really quick start and then sort of fizzle out. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people who just stay at this level where you always feel like they're going to kind of break through, but mm -hmm. they really never do. It's kind of like yeah. that, that player that you're just like right. highly touted yep. out of college and never yep. really becomes the superstar. You thought like Reggie Bush. Yep. Reggie Bush, Derek from. Rose. Yep. Yep. You know, yep some knee injuries and yeah, for whatever it. reason. Were you, were you like 16 year old Mike Kim going in one day, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and have my own business. Was, were, was that your journey or did it take like corporate stuff for you to go mm, personal brand? Where, where did the light bulb go off for you? It was definitely more the second than the first. Uh, I never imagined I'd be an entrepreneur ever. When I was 16, I wanted to draw comic books for Marvel. <laughs> you know, uh, I like I really did. And I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Korean for those of you who can't see me. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I don't really feel like Asian culture as a whole is very entrepreneurial either. I know that's a broad brush, but right. ask any Korean adults now mm -hmm. what their parents told them they had to be when we were kids. And let's say you had to be a lawyer, or doctor, mm -hmm. that's it because there's stability. Yeah. Uh, my parents' generation grew up in war. Mm. So there's a lot of, a lot of, um, not just stability, but prestige, especially in Korean culture. They're really yeah. big on that. Yep. Um, maybe not so much in, in Chinese culture. They're a little bit more scrappy. They'll start restaurants. They'll do a lot of mm. investing. Um, they're way better with money than, than Koreans are, to be honest. Um, but for me, it was, I'd worked in a church for a number of years. Mm -hmm. uh, so you talk about very rigid and very rote and very routine uh, line of work. That mm -hmm. was it. Then you go into, I went into corporate America, pretty much the same thing yeah. without all the religious overtones. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much the same thing. And I was in my thirties then and I was just like, I don't like people telling me when I have to work or what mm -hmm. I have to do. I just don't like this. But I was like, I don't have a degree in mm -hmm. anything particularly special. I'm older, you know, yep. I'm in my thirties, you know, latter thirties yep. or mid thirties. And I really didn't see a way out and I didn't really know where I was going. So what I tell people, Robbie is like, you know, I had a present negative mm. looking for a future positive. 
Yeah, that's good. But I didn't know what that positive was. I right. just wanted to get out. Yeah. But then what happens is your, your brain sort of flips and you're like, wait a second, the closer mm-hmm. and closer you get to the edge, you're like, wait, maybe I have present and positives mm-hmm. and there are future negatives. Like, mm-hmm. where's my paycheck going to come right. from? <laughs> maybe I should be a little bit more grateful for where I am. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. So you battle these, you know, mm-hmm. two conflicting tensions and the, the light bulb sort of went off when I discovered people who were making money through online courses and blogging and podcasting. They were just sharing ideas. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try blogging. Hmm. And some of these blogs who I followed at the time started commenting on my stuff and sharing it with their audiences. I said, oh, I'm good enough hmm. to be read by guys yeah. like, you know, this, a lot of guys, right. Right. Y- y'all may not know, Michael Hyatt. Mm-hmm. I was like, Michael Hyatt likes my stuff. That means I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm good, maybe I could just, just keep doing this. And I just kept doing it. And then other influencers in his world would pick up on my stuff and would share it and would share it for me. And it really helped me realize, oh, I have what it takes. Mm. I don't know how to figure out all the pieces yet, but I do know that intrinsically, yeah, I have what it takes. And if I just keep creating at a level where the best people in this field would find my stuff either valuable for themselves to read or valuable enough to share with their audiences, then I know I'm on the right track. So that kind of became my North star. Is this something that would be good enough for Mike Hyatt to share with his audience? And that's, what's kind of always guided me. Gotcha. So you kind of tried out some raw ingredients and said, yep, that, I'm not sure what dish ultimately this might turn into, but I've got the stuff to make a great future. Yeah. And I just had to piece it together. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to piece it together. And one of the things I er noticed early on was that nobody really helps you piece it together Mm -hmm. because each of them sell every online guru or expert Mm -hmm. um, and even small business. They just sell one or two things that they specialize in. Yep. And it's up to you to figure out how to piece it all together. Mm -hmm. So um, most of the experts, at least in this online space, they are like surgeons. They are like, you know, specialty doctors and you don't have a general practitioner who helps you put it all together. And that frustrated me. So when I figured that out, I said, I want to help people figure this out. I know I can specialize and double down in a specialty like writing, mm-hmm. but I, I really do want to help people figure this out because it kind of you know, irks me that they don't, they're left to their own devices to figure it all out. Yeah. 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 Well, and we'll, we're going to circle back to that at the end. Cause I've got to, I want to get some hot sports opinions out of you about, okay. about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that became your own journey. And then somewhere along the way, you felt a pull to say, man, I want to help other people maybe navigate what you had to go like figure out and piece together yourself. And that I, I think would describe in large measure what you've been doing for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so what would you say to an audience that's listening that now goes, Ooh, that's, that's me trying to figure out. I think I've got some raw ingredients there. Uh, I want to figure out, a way forward. Um, they probably, 
if they've looked into it at all, they have come across experts, frameworks, approaches. And like you said, probably felt that tug like, well, that helps me with my, you know, tennis elbow, (laughs) but that's not a whole body approach or holistic approach. That's going to ultimately get me where I need to go. And so what do you say to those folks? How do you help those kinds of folks? Well, if you're starting completely from scratch, I, I've been there. Um, like I mentioned, my my past career experience did not line up with business and marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at my resume or my LinkedIn profile, you'd be like, what? You know, and what I think a lot of people feel is that they say this to themselves. It's a, it's a story they tell themselves. I don't really know anything that I can build a business with. Yeah. Right. And they, we feel this way. And the truth is that we all know something, even if it feels irrelevant. Not many people know this. When I was in my 20s, I used to teach high school English for SAT tests. <laughs> you know, kids who who needed to take the SAT or the ACT to get into college. And I was really good at it. And um, one of the other things I did, I, I, I mentioned this, I used to speak at church. Yeah. Right. I was on yep. staff at a church and I used to speak there. And then I thought about, well, what did I do at that job? Well, I used to lead lots of meetings for volunteer teams. Right. And what else did I do there? I used to market conferences because we had conferences at the church Mm. and I used to do a lot of music. So I was on stage a lot. So if you look at my past career, this is what you you'd find. I taught SATs. (laughs) I spoke at church. I led meetings for teams of church volunteers and I marketed music and and conferences. Mm -hmm. And so Robbie, I listed these things and quite literally, Mm. this was the light bulb moment for me. I just crossed out the second half of every sentence. So I taught, I spoke, I led meetings, I marketed. Okay. And then I was like, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm a speaker. I'm a leader. I'm a marketer and conference host. Mm. That really helped me change the story I was telling myself because I was so entrenched in my own, um, in my own occupation that I couldn't see my skills. Yeah, that's good. So if you're just starting out, chances are there are a lot of things that you do. Mike, you didn't get paid to lead volunteers and teams. No, of course not. But I still did it. Yeah, right. You probably run some meetings at work and boardrooms. So I knew how to speak to a group of people in a small group setting, Mm -hmm. which helped me tremendously when I was coaching. And so when you're starting out, it's really about even that part of just saying, you know what? I'm telling myself the wrong story. I do have skills that can help people. Do I know just five people in my world who could use a teacher, a speaker, a leader, or a marketer or a conference host? Do I know anyone? Regardless of the subject, do I know anyone? And so I just started to, started to think about that. And then we'll just sort of narrow it down and um, really start to put myself out there on this blog, Mm -hmm. share things as a speaker, a teacher, a a marketing guy and a conference host and share things that I learned. That's really how I started to attract that audience initially. Hmm. Yeah. I love that idea of go ahead and write the full sentence out Mm -hmm. and then scratch out the end. That's so connected and tethered to, yeah, but this is what I do. 
you know, and as a, whatever at a nonprofit organization or whatever that occupation is, let that, Mm -hmm. let that evaporate (laughs) and fade away and look at that first part. Well, these are the things that I'm doing that somebody's paying me to do. So somebody's recognized I'm also good at this, whether it's an unofficial job description or like you said, like to work in any sort of ministry with that background myself. Um, I think it sometimes gets undervalued. Like I, one thing I see is in the ministry world, oftentimes you're told, you know, have you read this business book? It's like, you guys need to pay more attention to the sharp things going on out in the business world. It's yeah. rarely said the other way, right? Hey, business world, mm-hmm. you would do well to actually humble yourself, pay attention to some things coming out of the, uh, like it's a two way street and conversation. Yeah. You don't ever hear that. But in the ministry world, you don't have the right to hire and fire. So if you can get people to do anything with you or on behalf of the church or your ministry, inherently you're, you've got some gifts there because you can't say, or you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> or you yeah, yeah exactly. Paid, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just to say people vote with their feet and with their wallets. Mm. Right. Um, but they also vote with their time. Yeah. And if you are running volunteer teams, like that's a huge, that's a huge element of it. Mm. You know, the, 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 the fact, like you just said that you can persuade people or they're yeah. persuaded by a bigger cause mm-hmm. to volunteer their time and their money and their energy is, is a pretty significant ask. Yeah. It's a significant yeah. request. Yeah. Now you've, well, first let me ask this. Do you remember the first thing you got paid for <laughs> at, that wasn't but part of your corporate job that you were like, you know, it was kind of part of the, either the side hustle stage or do you happen to remember like, yeah, what? yeah, I'll never forget it. I'll <laughs> never forget it. So, um, in 2013, I wrote a blog post expressing my frustration at nonprofits on how hard it was to give them money. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a, a friend, young couple I wanted to support financially. They were doing some nonprofit and ministry type work. And I mean, it was just impossible to send them money. It's well, can you send a check? No, I haven't had a checkbook for five years. <laughs> like what are we living in the stone age here? And if I wanted to give on their website, it was like 18 different clicks, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it was just ridiculous. Right. So I wrote this post about it and um, I had a, a ministry friend who had a, a decent sized audience mm-hmm. and we shared it on his Facebook page. Cause I was doing some work from, well, it went viral. Hmm. It went viral till this day. It's probably the most viewed post on my website. Cause it ranks at the top of Google. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time with digital marketing. So all these, I was getting all these hits on my site for that hmm. post. I mean, thousands a day. And I finally decided maybe I should create a resource or something Mm. uh, for these people. And I did, and they got onto my email list. And then to that email list, I offered like a free class. Like I would Mm. do an online webinar, Mm -hmm. uh, a webinar online. And so I did this webinar and a bunch of people signed on. They watched it. And it was the first, you know, like webinar that I'd ever really done. And I remember offering on that webinar that I would do four weeks of coaching. 
Now, I did not understand all the things I know now about marketing back then, about mm-hmm. personal branding and positioning. Mm-hmm. So I charged a whopping, I think, $150 for four weeks of coaching per person. You know, and uh, yeah, you know me now, I'll get charged way <laughs> yeah. more than that. Right. And I was like, I'll take 12 people, 10, 10, 12 people at the most. Cause I didn't know what I could handle. This sure. is the first time I'd right. ever done it. It sold out right away. And I essentially made what, 15 or $1,800. Mm. And I could not believe it. <laughs> I was like, I just what? paid for my mortgage. Yeah off this webinar. Now it wasn't just the webinar. Of course I put in a lot of time writing the post and writing emails and doing the webinar, presenting the webinar. You know, there was more than just, you know, I did a webinar and made the money. Right. But essentially in 10 hours of work, I made this amount of money without having to go into an office Mm. without having to drive, without having to get changed in the morning. And I was like, if I did this once, I can do it again. And you know how small business owners, they'll often put like the first hundred dollar bill they'd ever make right. on the back right. wall behind the register. I never understood why they did that. And now I understand why yeah. they did that. Yeah. That was yeah. the, f- that was when I had a money shift. It completely transformed the way I thought about money mm. and what was possible. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was hooked. I was like, wait, let me just do this again. And let me try this in the marketing space. Hmm. And all the things that those gurus I used to follow, all the things they said were true. I was like, Hmm. oh, they were right. Hmm. This is not some pipe dream. Uh, And for me, it sort of stumbled into the, you know, into this niche that I didn't plan on. But the principles were the same. Mm-hmm. I added value to an audience who needed it. I then offered an opportunity to work together and they paid me for it hmm. all from the comfort of my condo at the time. And that's yeah. how it happened. Yeah. I'll never forget it. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Been doing it ever since. <laughs> Been doing right. it ever same, since. Same principles. Same principles. Yeah. It's, you know, help people. Yep. If they want more of your help, you offer it mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And you tell them why it's different than working with somebody else. And like you said, at the start of the, our, our conversation here, um, when you join the mastermind, a lot of people join masterminds. There's probably just something that resonated with you about who I was. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know what those things are and I don't right. need to know. I just put myself out there and, yeah. you know, like this on a podcast or on my mm-hmm. content and away you go. And, uh, you know, life circumstances, which usually all these things usually converge, you know, like you said, you didn't dream this up at 16, but you're Mm -hmm. sitting in some office at a corporate job. And that's part of what winds up getting you to where you got. I was, I think probably about that time I had just stepped out of full-time ministry for the first time in a while. Now I'm back doing this business full-time that I had started way back in 2001. So I had been doing this either full-time or like as a side hustle since before the term personal branding, I think existed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I certainly wouldn't have used it uh, about myself. And I would not say, I would certainly not consider myself a classic entrepreneur. I'm not, I'm not 
wired that way. And so I think it was all of those things like, uh Oh, I need to start doing this again full time. <laughs> um, mm. that made me go, man, am I actually going to spend the most money I've ever spent <laughs> mm. pouring into my business? Um, and just the convergence of that was like, yep, I think it's time. And man, am I glad I did. <laughs> I'm glad you did too. I'm glad you did too. Well, it's, it's, it's funny too, because I always, uh, one of the things I tell people, you know, after I get to know them a little bit, yeah, you know, is that you can't really expect people to invest in you at a level where you haven't invested in yourself. Mm. And it's not just about how much money you spend. Sometimes that is, that is, that is true because, but it's just a principle. Like it's, yeah. it's like, um, an out of shape gym teacher telling you to hit the weights all the time. Right. Right. And they've just never, they've never done it for themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's a part of that where it's just like, you need to be able to, you need to be able to in integrity say, uh, this is what I've done and invested in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have a small mastermind, which I never would Mm -hmm. have had. And would yep. be awfully hard to create one. Oh, I've never done this, <laughs> but yeah, I'll do, you know, I'll lead one. You want to pay me for it? Um, so a- absolutely. Okay. So now we come full circle. All of this is coming together into a book. So if people are like, Oh, how do I get all the, the secrets of how Mike pulled all of this together? Good news. <laughs> They're going to be able to get a book soon. So tell us a little bit about the book, like what the contents of the book are, where the the genesis story of the book, and then when they can like look for look for that. Yeah. So the the whole concept of the book, we don't have a title yet. We're still mm-hmm. fleshing all that out. Um, so you guys are really hearing, you know, this process like while it's, while it's happening. Yeah. But there's an important thing to understand here is that in, in business, you have to market things before you manufacture them. Mm. And this is something most of us understand, but don't really understand once we put our business hats on. Mm. Think about any blockbuster movie. They promote the the heck out of this thing months before it's Mm -hmm. out. The movie's not even done yet. Right. The movie is not even done yet. What a lot of people don't realize is that they're running focus groups mm-hmm. while the movie is being made. Yeah. Now they swear them to secrecy. Right. You know, yeah. you can't bring your phone in there. You can't talk about it with legal ramifications, but they are getting small groups of people to watch, you know, the next Batman movie, a scene, mm-hmm. you know, do you understand what's going on or Star Wars, but they market these movies six, nine months, a yeah. year two years before it's even out. And so um, that's a concept that I I really want us to understand. And it's no different uh, when you start your own business. So that's kind of what the book will be about. It's just about pivoting into Mm -hmm. a personal brand business because it is a really difficult process that that whole thing I shared earlier about, you know, I taught, I spoke, I marketed, I led teams. It's not an easy uh, process yeah, and getting clarity on what to focus on or who you are, or what you even want to do is a difficult process and it's always changing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of folks who are coming out of corporate and want to start a business like the one that I have or that you have, mm-hmm. they, they want 
certain things to be certain. And what we don't realize is that when you start a business, you end up wearing a lot of different hats. You have to play a lot of different roles and that can get very, very overwhelming. So it's all about pivoting into starting a personal brand business Mm -hmm. as a coach, a speaker or an expert. Okay. And so, um, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share the story of some other folks who I've worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, because I want readers to know you're not alone Mm. and it's not impossible and regular everyday people just like me have done this. It just requires a little bit of forethought mm-hmm. and a little bit of, um, you know, planning and yeah. strategy. Yeah. So, so where are we in that whole process? You're currently banging out chapters. Yeah. We're finishing the first draft okay. and sending to the editor. It's got to mm-hmm. get editor edited and proofread. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to get it in front of a concept audience. That's something that I pr- particularly want to do. Guys, is this clear? Does this make sense? Where can I strengthen this? And we have time to do that. Um, the book will be out in 2021, probably towards the middle of the year is what we're shooting for. Okay. And um, hopefully it'll be something that really inspires people, but also equips them with some mm-hmm. practical how-tos. Principles. I'm trying to write it in a very evergreen fashion. Mm. so that someone could pick this up in 10 years and say, you know what? Facebook is not around anymore. That would be right. a good thing. <laughs> he doesn't talk about Facebook. Right. I just talk about the principle of having another platform, a social media channel. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm writing it, trying to be careful in the way that I word things and, mm-hmm. and really, really let it be a resource to people, not just within the next year or two, but you know, mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And this is all stuff you've like literally workshopped before it even, before you get a sample copy into people's hands and ask them questions, you've, this is iteration like 20 or 30. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's helpful. It's funny. I, I say people, I say to people, the credibility isn't in the teaching. The credibility is in the living. Hmm. Because anyone can teach stuff, but if you've lived it and you can tell people, this is what I lived and this is what some of my clients have lived. Yeah. You know, that that's different. Yep. You know, um, because we are reductionist. People Mm -hmm. are reductionist. Oh, start a blog, make money, work from the beach. Right. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. So let me tell you the reality of it. Oh, you know, a six figure, seven figure launch of a course or product. No, I'm telling you that first $1,500 changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine when we were back in corporate, what you would have to do to get a $1,500 raise. Oh yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, you'd have to work your tail off. And I made this in 10 hours of work from my webs, from my, mm. you know, on, on a website with, you know, my laptop. Mm. And I did this over and over. And that first year I made like five or six thousand dollars on the side. Right. I imagine going into my company and asking them for a five thousand dollar raise, they would have looked at me like I had three heads. Right. So that's what I'm saying. We 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 have this internet economics world where we fantasize. No, Mm -hmm. no, let's talk about real world money. Mm -hmm. Let that is life changing money to a lot of people. Yeah. That's six months of of uh, you know the. Uh, car insurance payments. That's Mm -hmm. two months of groceries. That's a year, more than a year's worth of cell phone bills. Mm -hmm. $1,500. That's a lot of money for some people. Right. So let's, that's the book is really grounded in the, in those truths. Let's be honest here. You know? Yeah. How can people find out more about 
where they can jump on board. Cause there's a, there's several different places kind of depending on where they are that they could connect with you and, and get help. So if they're just starting out or thinking about side hustle stuff, they can go to mikekim.com. Where would you say, yeah, maybe check this out. Cause maybe this would be helpful. Go to mikekim.com forward slash start. And, um, that what you'll get there is a workbook and a free three video series. That's actually taken from a paid course that I mm-hmm. offer. And we just call it the brand new bootcamp. Mm-hmm. And it's all about helping you start your side hustle. So it's very foundational questions on what your background is, what certain skills that you have, you feel you can monetize, or maybe you might not even know them. Um, and so this whole process will help you. It really helps you tap into the foundational stuff of why you want to do this. What is it you want to do? Who do you want to serve? And, um, yeah, a ton of people have gone through it and have found it very, very helpful. And one of my goals is just to make my free stuff just as good as other people's paid stuff. Mm. And an easy way to do that is just share my paid stuff for right. free. Right. <laughs> so that's exactly where to go. MyKim.com forward slash start. I, of course, have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are listening to a podcast. You can jump on there. Yep. Um, but that's really the first place I would start because it is a set curriculum and process mm-hmm. that you go through. And by the end of those three sessions, and they're not long, 10 minute videos, yeah. you fill out the answers to the questions I ask you and they're in that workbook and it's a guided experience. You're gonna have a lot more clarity on what you wanna do. Great stuff with Mike Kim today. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I think there's some great takeaways in there. In the show notes, make sure you check those out. I'm going to put a link to where you can connect with Mike. I'll put a link to you know his social and stuff and that resource he mentioned at mikekim.com forward slash start. Those will be in the show notes. Again, I'll put a link to some of the fun pictures that that uh, behind the scenes when we were getting things set up to start recording this that was that was uh, that was fun to do so again so appreciate Mike being on here now on the next episode we're going to do something that again I've wanted to do since the beginning of this podcast we're going to dive back in with Mike and instead of asking about you know his area of expertise we're going to peel the curtain back I'm going to call this series that I'll be doing with several guests, The Messy Middle. And that is, we're going to take a look at, yeah, but what is it really like? What is it really like building a business? And how do even the greats like Mike Kim, he's great at what he does. How do they struggle? What challenges do they face? What is it really like trying to do this? So we're going to peel the curtain back and talk about The Messy Middle. So I'd love to have you come back. That's going to be I think really insightful because it just doesn't get talked about a lot out there. So I'm excited to jump into that with you next time. Until then, go and build a life.